to Feed the Sheep podcast. I am your host, Ross Steele. Uh, today we have a little bonus episode uh, with a good friend of mine. Call him Andy, not Andrew. Read theme. Andy Reed theme. You can also call him Art if you prefer. Oh. <laughs> and Andy doesn't like Andrew, uh, and I and I fall into the the trap every time because I like calling people by their actual first names, uh, whether they like it or not. So yeah. I I have to be pretty intentional about trying really hard not to say Andrew. But um, if you see him on the street, just don't call him Andrew. Uh, anyways, Andy, thanks for hopping in. Happy to be here. Thank you for that wonderful introduction, Ross. <laughs> Andy, Andy is a uh, is a new friend of mine of last two months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have had plenty of very solid theological, um, not debates, but discussions. Mm-hmm. One would say, um, Andy, tell tell the guests, uh, listeners, a little bit about your background, kind of like your church that you grew up in, or where you're from, or different things like that. Yeah, so uh, I have grown up in the church all my life, um, and as I've told Ross before, I spent a lot of my life um, in religiosity, so being very religious, being very into the tradition uh, of church, in, in which you can find a lot of beauty, um, but I think you really only find the full beauty if that's rooted in a relationship with Jesus. And that relationship with Jesus is not something that I really pursued until um, a life-changing event in the last couple years. Um, so I am a Lutheran by faith and tradition and would still say I am a Lutheran, um, though I, I would also say just by virtue of who I am, I don't stick necessarily to all of the prescripts of any theology. Um, but I would identify as as a Christian who who leans into a Lutheran faith, yeah. And so I'm also, a, as as you know, Ross, I, I serve as a, um, a contemporary worship leader at Cornerstone Lutheran Church here in Fishers, um, and so that's a privilege. And then, of course, where we're recording right now, I'm the community manager here at Cohatch Noblesville. Cohatch Noblesville. Cohatch has been a, a a blessing to not only myself but also those who interact. Uh, here, but they do have a podcast room at like all of their locations, which is where I do my recording, believe it or not. Um, anyways, today, folks, we um, actually, is kind of spur of the moment, I'm going to be completely honest and, and uh, transparent with you. Andy and I were sitting out in the uh, waiting area, or like his desk, and we were talking about what does it mean, I asked them the question, what does it mean to be still? And... Per usual, Andy responds with a question, a clarifying question, and he usually has about two or three clarifying questions. Um, and uh, so basically, uh, we were like, wait, we could we could put this on a podcast. So here we are on Feed the Sheep, first time ever with Andy. He will be back for another one, um, and and uh, we're gonna dive right in. But Andy, yes. What does it mean to be still? What do you think it means for your life or others? I mean, whatever. I'm not allowed to ask clarifying questions. You can ask clarifying questions. Well, I think it's a good place to hone in. You know, I think it's a good way to start um, to hone in on what we're talking about, to hone in on what we're not talking about. And I think when most people think of be still, they probably think of, if they, they don't know it directly, they probably think of the verse from Psalm 46, mm-hmm. which says, be still and know that I am God. And I think we both agree what that doesn't mean. And that does not mean relax. To relax, yeah. <laughs> it does not mean relax and chill out and, and let God sort it all out, right? Um, 
there's an active part we play. Right. Um, and the context of Psalm 46, you know, this is a Psalm of David written in a time of war and in a time where the Israelites were not doing well and were being beaten. Um, and so really, I think in that context, that's not a call to, to relax, but rather to be in awe of the Lord's power and to trust in God and to actively pursue what he's telling you to do. Yeah. yeah. So, so that's definitely part of it. And then well, that's for, like the most common verse. I mean, yes. there's like clothing brands that are out there, not clothing brands, but, uh, you know, clothing companies who always, you know, put be still and know that I have got her or Psalm 4610, uh, like on it. And there are churches that are even around this area in Indianapolis that I've, that I've heard messages of and, and they preach it mm. from that context of to be still, to be patient, to be relaxed. Um, and they just throw out the whole context of the scripture in that moment. And, and that's very dangerous. Um, not to say that they have, um, not to say that they don't have the, the, the knowledge or the background to speak on it properly, but I think they, at times we want to take it and shape it to what we are dealing with, mm. what we're facing at the time, instead of calling it as it is. Oh yeah. And that's something we've talked about a lot, Ross, in our in our short friendship yeah. thus far, <laughs> which is how people, how often people twist the scripture to fit their narrative rather than them looking at it as something which is complete and whole and and is important in its context, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's so often I think Christians say, oh yes, the Bible is the inerrant truth and the inerrant word of God spoken through people. Right. And they don't really know what that means, you know. So what um, does that mean? <laughs> let's get so, into that. Then. Okay, can we? I feel like we're diverging. <laughs> well, but, let's get into that. What yeah, does that mean? Yeah. A little bit. Just a little background. So, so and and um, to put on my Lutheran hat a little bit. So um, I come from a faith where, where, yeah, so we believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God spoken through human voices, Right. Um, and so the context in which those things are written are important, but it is absolute truth, whether we want to hear it or not. Yeah. And I think that most shows in the areas where we, we don't want to hear it, right? Um, and so what, what more can I say than what's been said is that um, people so often take things out of context um, and so often want to, this is something we've talked about, so often want to... Um, make something their own but in doing so sometimes in scripture it's it's my belief that you can actually that that in a way is pulling god down into our own understanding right because there are directives and commands in the bible that i mean even i don't i don't understand it's right like, i don't understand it but i know that we have a god who is good and this is a word that god wants us to obey and those mm-hmm. of us in the faith right 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 and in my understanding whenever we say well how do i contextualize that for me yeah. what we're actually doing is we're pulling god down into our own understanding which belittles the beautiful and powerful nature of god yeah yeah that's good yeah that's good that's real good <laughs> that is good uh and hopefully for you listeners um and if you're listening uh right now and you're maybe a little uh, bamboozled, as you could say, or, or maybe confused, just this, uh, this is my time. I want to encourage you to just go back, you know, 15, 30 seconds, 45 seconds, whatever. Just listen to that again and, and allow uh, 
just ask God to, to, to show you what, what, you know, needs to be seen uh, in your life right now in regards to this um, and, and what we're discussing here, Andy. But uh, as we continue on, um, I wanted to share kind of like my thoughts. Please. Um, not like a, not necessarily scriptural per se, um, but my human understanding uh, in the natural of what it means to be still. Let's I mean, do it. The, the, the real thing is like be still and the natural we think, okay, you know, just sit back, lay down and, and wait because God is in control. Mm. Um, and, and I think it may stem from Psalm 46 a little bit and that miscommunication. Um, but in my mind, how I kind of perceive it is it's not necessary. It's, I think it's more of a verb, more of an action verb. Ooh, unpack that. Okay. I'm interested. So when I hear, or when I think of be still, yeah, I think it's more of an action verb in the sense of it's not necessarily telling me to just stop and wait. Um, it's me to be actively pursuing God, actively pursuing his word, his truth in that moment of struggle or weakness or greatness, whatever season I may be in, it's being active in my stillness, not just sitting back and being like, all right, I'm done. Not to fall into the, to one of the deadly sins of sloth and being lazy, mm. not just to fall into that, but to be active in our stillness. And I think there's many ways we do that by you know, going to the word, which is the truth. Yeah. I mean, it is the one truth where we can find all the answers. Um, you know, going to going to worship, uh, even if like just in your just in your room, on your hands and knees, standing up, whatever it is for you. Um, you know, going into prayer. You know, having a designated prayer spot, I mm. think, is not necessary, but I think it's powerful um, because that that area that you're in uh, is anointed by the spirit. I believe when you're there every time and when you go there, it's, hey, this is only for God. This is only for him and I to have our discussions and talk, to be to be uh, unhindered in, in our discussion and just be transparent and vulnerable. He already knows our heart. Yeah. So when we are to be still, it's not to just sit back and wait. It's to oh, yeah. seek him yes. in so many different ways. Yeah. And that's kind of how I look at be still. When I think of it and when somebody says be still or like lately, I'll be completely honest, over the last couple of weeks, I've kind of been struggling in the sense of like not doing enough. And then over the last week, it was like the words be still. And I was like, all right, let's think about what this means. And it always came back to that, that it's not to be, like, be patient, sure, but not to just wait on him to deliver. Yes. But it is a call for us to step forward right. and step nearer to him. Right. Ooh. So I, I basically, and correct me if I'm wrong, I basically heard two, two ways. I love that you tied in some actionables, right? I think that's what we're all wanting. <laughs> At oh, least yeah. I'll speak for me. That's what right. I want is, all right, how do we make the, this word and, and this discussion of faith actionable? And it's two things, right? You said, get in the word, dive into the word, you know, and then make time right. to, to be with God, just with the two of you. Um, I think of this, there's this great 
I've got it pulled up here in my little green green book that I write all these prayers in. But it's this great poem, Desiderata. Um, it's by Max Ehrman, uh, the turn of the last century. And it says, go placidly amid the noise and haste and remember what peace there may be in silence. Um, and uh, I know I don't, I don't take the time for, for silence, you know, and to be quiet and with the Lord. Um, and when you, when you said uh, that, you know, take time to be with him, uh, I also thought about some of the things that we can do and we're directed to do in the Bible to do in that time. And it's very simply confess and repent, right? Like, as you said, God knows our heart. And even knowing our heart, he still wants us yes. to recognize yeah. our heart, right? And to know where we need to confess and repent and to do that before him. I think, I'll speak for me, I've done this at times, um, that where I have said, oh, well, well, God knows my heart. He knows where I am. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't really need to do anything. You know, I could fall, in, I'll fall into sloth, you know, because God is all-knowing yeah. and omniscient. Uh -huh. But no, even knowing where we are, knowing us better than we could ever know ourselves, you know, as it says, in, I think it's Psalm maybe 19 or 119, uh, where like he 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 knows each of each of our thoughts like grains of sand in the desert. He intricately holds each of them. Mm -hmm. um, he still calls on us to recognize those things and to confess and repent in Him. Yeah, yeah, that's a powerful thing. So, I mean, what are some other ways maybe that we can actively be still? I like this train of thought. I I I look at it. I mean, it's it's obvious. Actively be still. It is a it is a simple call to action. Yes. And yeah. I like that we're trying to decipher how, what does that look like? Because yeah. in different seasons, it looks different. For sure. And in, with different people, it looks different. With different, uh, you know, maturities in different faiths uh, in, in other people's faiths, it looks different. So, you know, what's the simple, what's a simple way uh, that we can, uh, present ourselves to this call of action hmm. oh open-ended question it is <laughs> well I and we should preface with I 100% agree with you that that this looks different for each individual yeah. you know and it's part of that personal relationship with Jesus is that he's I think through prayer and petition through um, through confession and repentance repentance mm -hmm. and confession um, that he'll reveal to you. I think the Holy Spirit will reveal to you exactly what that looks like. Yeah. I think there are also some directives in the Bible that we can hone back to, like what we've talked about. Um, some other things, I'll just speak to some things that have been my, on my heart recently yeah, and what God's telling me to pursue um, and, and ways to, to actively trust in him and to actively be still. Be still. Um, yeah. This has been in my head for so long and it's also from this poem. I don't know why it came up when we started talking about this, because it, but it did. Um, and it says, um, as far as possible, this is desiderata again, be on good terms with all persons, speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others, even the dull and the ignorant, they too have their story. Um, mm. And Ed, that, that last part has been big for me, is that all people have a story. Yeah. And I spent so much time talking, as you can tell now on this That's podcast. Big. Right. But to... To spend the time to listen to God, but to also listen to others and hear other people's stories. I know for me and what I have found is that I have found such a deeper connection to God through listening to others and their need for God. 
right? Mm -hmm. And I would argue that almost in any in in any conversation, maybe there's a need for God somewhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I think that goes into um, it's almost like preparing a message in a way, because when you start listening to others mm -hmm. and hearing and seeing their need for God in their life right now, you have a unique opportunity to speak directly into their life. Yes. Um, and and if you so brave that opportunity uh, to do it um, and speak into their life, you actually subconsciously, I think, are forcing yourself or pushing yourself to understand him more because you're dealing with it not from your perspective, but from the outside looking in, being like, oh, I see where your need is. I want to have an answer for you. So I'm going to seek God on my own right now in this moment and then come back and speak a little bit into you uh, wherever he shows me is needed in that direction. Um, and I say it's kind of like preparing a message because when I was the youth pastor at our church, yeah. I... I promise you, I learned so much more preparing messages than any of those kids combined probably by listening to me. Mm. Because you have to be still in preparing those messages. Right. You have to, I mean, really dissect whatever the topic or, or scripture may be and and really allow him to speak. It, it forces you to slow down, right. but not to stop. No. I mean, you, you've said yourself, you're being still, but you're preparing. Yes. You are actively preparing a message in your stillness yes. before God. Yeah, that's the essence of what and we're talking And it goes into about. like Psalm 46, where it's yeah. preparing for war and, and being prepared for war. Because the times we live in, the world we live in, it, it is war every day. Every day against the enemy. Yes. Um, I mean enemy attacks in so many different ways has his hand in so many different areas great of this world yes. oh, yeah absolutely and even he knows scripture yeah so who are you if you don't know scripture how are you going to know the difference between god and, and god and satan right yeah 100 percent agree so that's that's kind of like when you were talking about you know uh being present with those people and seeing and hearing their need for God. Yes. And where it really can open up our eyes. Yeah. I, I would love to, if we still have time, I would love to unpack a little bit um, what it means to make time for God. Um, and what comes to my head is something I heard in a, a Trader's Point sermon, actually, about a year ago. Okay. Um, it's been reiterated a couple times, but Pastor Aaron, the lead pastor at Trader's, um, was saying something to the effect of, so often we we think of God, we think of our Christian life um, as um, something that we have as a drawer and we're directed to have as a drawer in the dresser of our life, you know. And it's we have um, our family relationships, we have our in, uh, that's one drawer. We have our work, and that's one drawer. Maybe we have our service at church as one drawer. Our addictions, you know, our um, our shortcomings, our successes all in one drawer. And then we also need to give God a drawer and make time for him in that schedule. And that's not what God calls us to do. Yeah. Jesus, this is big for me, is he said that Jesus doesn't want to be a dresser in the drawer. He wants to be the, the dresser that all the drawers of your life fit into. 
right? He wants to be the dresser. Yeah, Jesus doesn't want to be one dresser one in the drawer. drawer of, yeah, sorry, one, one drawer, drawer in the dresser of your okay. life. This is unscripted, folks. <laughs> he wants to be the dresser that all the drawers of your life fit into, fit into. that all the things fit into, right? Yeah. And so I would argue that that's good. Yeah, well, it's not me, um, but it's, it is good, really man. good, isn't it? And so I think in the, dre- in the dresser of our life through Jesus, we need to take intentional time, what you're saying, to be in God's word and to sit in silence yeah. with him who made us, right? Mm-hmm. To let the Holy Spirit speak, but also in the understanding that this is not separated from the rest of our life, that our entire life outside of that in everything we do should be a reflection of being with Jesus, of being in communion with Jesus. Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that's so, and I'll speak from like, obviously, we're young adults, Mm -hmm. um, and our demographics for Feed the Sheep is mainly, it's 18 to 35-year-olds after looking at analytics. And I think that, as, as young adults, uh, it's pretty hard um, to truly take this time uh, and, and, and be still. Um, things are so easy uh, to, to access. The, the ease of access for so many different things is, is remarkable. Um, and, and it's really difficult for us to really accept uh, and, and delineate between the, the access that we have from, um, you know, everything in this world. And uh, I know, just so you guys are aware, Andy had to hop off. Uh, he had a phone call and it was last minute, but I just wanted to uh, finish this off by encouraging you guys um, in a couple different ways that if you can really wrap your head around what it means to be still and kind of what Andy and I were discussing here, um, it's, it's really, really, really good. And if you can listen to this again, please do. Um, because be still is an action verb. It is a call to action. It isn't something to say to make yourself feel better um, and and to to uh, you know baby your emotions of what you're feeling in the season. It is a call to action, and and I believe that the Lord puts it in our lives, in our heart, on our hearts, and in our minds to be still, not to be patient and to wait for Him, but to prepare for Him. And by prepare, it is to study the word, to, to get into a, a moment of intimate worship with him, get into intimate prayer with him, and continue down that path. And it's far greater than anything you can ever, ever imagine, I promise you. Once you flip this script on what it means to be still and, and realize what it truly is and what it truly means and what it can be for you, then you will see so much freedom, so much victory in your life, not through yourself, but through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for this opportunity to speak with Andy. Uh, Thank you for 
the opportunities um, that you've given myself uh, to, to create this platform for those to listen. And I pray that for those individuals today who are trying to decide um, and decipher what it means to be still, Lord, may they seek your face. May they seek you through prayer, through worship, through the studying of your word, the one true word of God. And I just pray that as they, as they decipher that and dissect that for themselves, Lord, may you um, speak to them directly and let them know where you are calling them. In your name, I pray. May we glorify you and all that we do. In Jesus' name.